Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. You know what? As we're taping this show, it is a week where race and race relations, I think, are in the news all over the place. It's the Donald Sterling and the LA Clippers and the NBA. And that is ongoing. And in fact, just they just suspended him or banned him, I guess, for life from the NBA. And he still owns the team, but he just can't go to any games on his uh, anywhere. They're going to try and force him to to sell the team and all that. And Vince and I are going to talk a little bit about racism today and and that kind of thing. But even more than that, we're going to eventually talk about grace. And I think that this is where grace, as we have talked about it in the last couple of weeks, is so important. And to realize that grace is available for everybody, even for a person who might be a racist. But as we were talking about this before we came on the air, um, some of this you start to see, and I think one of the best things about this is that most people universally realize that what he said was wrong. It wasn't that long ago in our country, um, 64, 65, you know, when, when Civil Rights Act and all that was going on, I was alive. Now, I'm only six, seven years old when all this is going on, but I'm alive. And I've actually had people say to me, you were alive when when blacks have to drink out of a separate fountain. You were alive when blacks might have to eat in a different restaurant. Or you were alive when blacks had to ride in the back of the bus. And I'm like, yeah, but I was in Chico. I didn't notice any of that stuff if it was here. We didn't even have a bus here in Chico. <laughs> I mean, if, if we had that, I'm you know so young, I don't recognize You guys have it. some fountains like that in Chico? <laughs> I don't know. There may have been. I don't know. Maybe somebody can let us know. But um, I never saw it as a young kid. But yet people say, man, you were alive when that happened. And I have to stop and I have to think, yeah, I was alive when that kind of thing happened. And people thought that it was okay. People thought that it was right. I think that one of the best things that we see out of all of this today is just the change of the country. Almost universally, everybody recognizes that the stuff he said was just so completely wrong and so completely out there that I think in some ways it shows the good part of the country and how the country has changed. Because if everybody mm-hmm. was saying, yeah, yeah, he's right, yeah, then we, we haven't gone anywhere. But the fact that so many people think that what he said was wrong, that what he said was just so far out of the mainstream and, and not right, I think that speaks well of the country and speaks of how we have, how far we've come. I mean, most people today, um, our age and especially younger, don't even think I think a lot of those kind of terms. The idea of somebody have to ride in the back of the bus is just like, that's just crazy. The fact that somebody had to drink out of a different fountain, that's just crazy. 
And so I think it's good that we've, as far as we've come, have we come all the way? No, obviously there's still people out there. And not just white racism. There's black racism. There, blacks that are racist. There's Asians that are racist. I mean, there, there, Asians, or there are racists across the board. But thankfully, I think there aren't that many of them anymore. Am I wrong? Do you, do you think there's more than I think there are? What do you mean, in in the country or in Chico? I'm I'm just in general. I, <laughs> well, see, as I see it, I think that we've come a long way. You know what? I, I, how do you see it? I, I think we have come a long way. After all, we have an African American president now, and, and and I, like I was saying before the broadcast, me and you were talking. We're in a global community now. You know, we got Facebook, we got the internet, and you know, music has, especially hip hop, it's just united people, especially that generation of people. And we're in a global community, and people are more accepting than they were back then. Again, we didn't have the Internet. We didn't have the communication and the media that we have now, which that helped bring people together. And people, you know, especially going to college, a lot of people, more people are going to college than they did back then. In college, you're going to meet a diverse group of people from all over. And then you get to interact with those people and commune with those people, and you get to know people. So, again... I think we we come a long way concerning race relations, but again, we still have a long way to go because we still got older people like the gentleman we're talking about that are steeped and rooted in what they believe. They believe certain things, and the Bible says, with the heart one believes, and with the mouth confession is made. Meaning, whatever you believe in your heart and your spirit, you're going to speak that with your mouth, and that's what got them in trouble. Right. And the Sooner. Bible also says if you have a bad thought, Put your hand over your mouth, meaning don't release it. Now, he was doing all good, fine and dandy until he opened his mouth and released what was in his heart. And here's why I know that, because just last year, the NAACP gave him an honor. They honored him, and they were going to do it this this year year. until he opened his mouth. (laughs) So he was doing good, you know, until he opened his mouth. I think the NAACP's taking a little bit of heat, too, because I've heard people that that are kind of in the know and know him have always known that he had some of these thoughts. And right, right, right. can't really figure out why the NAACP was honoring him. Well, they probably was honoring him for the contributions that he was giving. Uh, he was financially contributing to the organization. And I don't know. We don't know what else he did. I don't live in Los Angeles. I don't know what contributions he made to society or whatever. So obviously it was some reason they was honoring him. But again, the real – when you – when you put pressure on people, that real person is going to come out. He was pressured behind his mistress. Obviously, that's what the the newspapers say. He was pressured because she was hanging out. Well, they were fighting. Yeah, they're, yeah. They're having a big bad breakup. Right, it's right, a right. Breakup. And he and she was hanging out with a certain group of people, African American pe- people, and he had a problem with it. Pressure. And when pressure, you put pressures on a, a pipe, it's going to bust the pipe. A little pressure came on him through that breakup, and what it was in him came out. And it exposed him for, you know, who he really was. But with that said, we as Christians in this nation, we're still supposed to do what Jesus commanded us to do, love and extend grace. The scripture says, those who are spiritual, you restore such a one. And we were speaking earlier about, you know, everybody wants to stone this man for his comments. Jesus said, first of all, before you pull the speck out your brother's eye, pull the beam out of yours. Right, so we have to always examine ourselves because we always want to point the finger at somebody else and say, yeah, 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 yeah. But at the same time, yes, he, what he did, said was wrong. His beliefs are wrong concerning people. But we're still to love 
those people. Well, see, and that's that's the thing is that what he said was wrong. Everybody clearly can see that. The NBA had to do something. This this is one of the things that I want people to understand as we talk about grace here, and we're going to talk about that, and this is really what I want to talk about. Grace is available for everybody. Everybody. Now, what we want people to understand is we're not saying, okay, then they ought to just say forgive him, and he goes on about the way that he was because there are always consequences to the sins that we do. So the NBA actually had to do something. They couldn't just wink at him. The NBA well, commissioner Well, they had a little say, pressure on them as well right, <laughs> to do something. The NBA commissioner couldn't just say, oh, well, we're not going to worry about it because they'd had a lot of players and other owners who – who, who couldn't have stood by that. So so there had to be a consequence to what he did. People can disagree about whether the consequence was too harsh or not or was appropriate or not, but the NBA had to do something. So, you know, and I use this example when I was talking to somebody the other day. If I back my car out of here after we're done with this show and I um, back into the side of your car, Vince, and then I roll down my window and yell, God's forgiven me, and drive off, you're probably going to say, yeah, God forgave you, and I will too, but what's your what's I need your insurance information. <laughs> yeah, what's your insurance information here? Because we got to get my car fixed, right? Right, right, right. right. So you would forgive me. Somebody be, got need to be recompensed. Me. But there has to be some sort of consequence. You gotta, you know, pay need, for it. I need to be <laughs> recompensed for my damage, the right. damages that you put on my vehicle. So there are consequences to sin. There are consequences to our actions and we see him suffering the consequences to his actions. But but as you said earlier, grace has to be available and I see as many Christians as non-Christians wanting to pile on. For some reason when we get somebody down, we want to everybody want to jump pile on. Pile on. Kick them when they're down. You know, we used to played some game when I was a kid, you know, where you have football and everybody just pile on, mm-hmm. you know. And there there seems to be a lot of that attitude even in the Christian church today about piling on. We get somebody, especially if they have some money, you know, because, you know, we got to pile on. We know those bit. rich people. Are, we <laughs> right. know those rich people are evil. <laughs> and then no, they're not. The power, no, they're not. <laughs> power to go with it. So if you're rich and powerful – then we really like to bash those people. You really got to be evil. No. <laughs> right. And so there is, I think, even in the Christian community, a little bit of piling on, a little bit of, yeah, we got to get him. And somebody, yes, there's consequences. Yes, he's paid some consequences. People can disagree about has he paid enough or should he even pay more consequences. But at some point, particularly Christians, we've got to extend grace. The Christian community should be praying for this man, that he would see the error of his ways, that he would ask for forgiveness, and that he would be forgiven by God. We we have got to get back to not just with him. Christians, and you've probably heard this, are one of the few groups that shoot their wounded. Yeah. Somebody in the church commits a sin, and what's all the other church people do? We're they pile on. on. Yes. And rather than trying to restore them, because what, what does the Bible talk about? Restoring and restoration and how we need to restore Yeah, people. you who are spiritual, if a brother falls, you who are spiritual, restore that one. And that's what we're supposed to be doing. We were talking before the broadcast about Ephesians 1.17. It says, you know, pray that the God of our, and Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may give so-and-so a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened. Basically, paraphrasing that God, they would have a God encounter, that God would reveal the truth to them concerning just life. 
And that's what Paul got. He got some enlightenment on the truth about yeah, it came from who God, Jesus is. Yeah, it came from God. So that's what we pray for people who are darkened, who are in the dark. And a lot of, when you got thinking, thinking like that, when you think your race is more superior than another, that's thinking, thinking. And it didn't come from God. It came right from the pit of hell. So or it needs to be uprooted. Or you think your church is better or, than some or other Or you think church. your family's better than somebody. We can break it down. But we're all, the scripture says in Acts, we were all made out of one blood. God made out of one blood all nations of people. And that's, that's the spirit of wisdom and revelation. That's the enlightenment that we get from the truth of God's word, that we're all one in Christ Jesus. We're all God's creation. And yet we've been programmed to believe certain things from our upbringing, from our neighborhoods, our communities, our families. And he was taught what he believed. See, and, and it, it is interesting as you say that. The world does teach us to focus on the differences. We all came from Adam and Eve, mm-hmm. right? We're all, we all came from one blood. We all came from one yeah. start. Now, we all live in different countries, and we've taken on different looks, but we all came from the same start. Right. And yet, what does the world want? The world wants to divide. The devil loves to divide Well, well he the one who runs that world system. He wants you to believe you're better than them because... You're this or you're that, so you're better than him. So look down on them, and he teaches you that. We can see what came out of Mr. Sterling's mouth. He's like those people you're, you know, parading yeah, around people. with them. Those you know, people. well that could be anybody. You're 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 making money off those people. They're they're your employees if you're the team owner. But again, you all, I always say this, Richard. Let's go to the root of the problem. Let's go to the very root, and he has a root, and only God can go to the root. A, a lie and uprooted, you know, and that's why we as the church we pray for one another. Scripture talks about always praying, and we're going to pray that God's grace. We understand His grace is sufficient. We're going to pray even that, for a racist, right? Right. Uh, what's his name? Said it uh, that made that song. What was that movie about being in slavery? And he came up with that song, "Amazing Grace." Wasn't he a slave? One of the slave traders. I forgot what the movie yeah. was, but it, that song came out of an amazing grace. It, well, he had some thinking, thinking concerning, you know, enslaving another group of people. He thought it was okay because we're superior. And then in due season, somebody must have been praying for that brother because in due season, he got a revelation of the truth. This is wrong. My thinking about I'm superior than this group of people is wrong. And God will do that. He will give you some enlightenment. He will illuminate you. But our job is, as the church is to intercede, stand in the gap for people. And it's for people, once they receive that glorious light of wisdom and revelation and understanding, they need to go ahead and receive it and say, okay, well, this is the truth. God created all people out of one blood. We're all, I'm not no better than anybody else. Because we know the scripture says all have sinned and right. come short of the glory of God. Well, see, and this he is, wasn't just talking about black people. Well, see, and this is where you go back to that beam in, in your own eye and a speck in your brother's is because it's so easy for us to see other people's sins. And then when somebody really does something very egregious, then it's so easy for us all to pile on because then we don't have to look at ourselves. Right, right. We, 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 everybody, all eyes is on uh, Mr. Sterling right now. All eyes are on Mr. Sterling. Everybody's jumping on the bandwagon. Look, everybody. Look how bad that guy is, right. right? So I don't have to look at myself and my own sin when I'm piling on to his. And I think that happens a lot in the world. And not just with him, but, but everywhere in the church and everywhere, 
family members. Some family members into drugs and or alcohol or something. Boy, everybody can focus on them because now I don't have to look at my yeah, own yeah, yeah, we or got, my own problems. Put the spotlight on uh, cousin Joe. He, <laughs> right. He's a crackhead. He's bad. he's bad. Right, right. He's a backhead. But we all have issues, and we have to understand that. We all have. That's what I believe Jesus was uh, exposing with the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. Jesus said, he who without sin, you go ahead and cast the first stone. He must have illuminated all of their sin to them, boom, in a moment of time. Because they started putting down their stones. Well, they must have had some sin too. It just didn't get exposed like Mr. Sterling's. The woman that was caught in the midst of it, she got exposed. But, and they had some stuff going on too. It just hadn't got exposed. And since God says in Hebrews, there's no creature hidden from the truth of God's word. God will see right through you. I always tell people, you know, you can fool people, but you can't fool God. He knows the real you. Right. He'll go to the, the core of you and reveal. Your, the scripture says we're open and naked to him. Right. See, he knows not only what we do, but he knows why we do it. Right. He knows every thought. Just imagine He's, if every somebody thought. knew every thought, every mm-hmm. thing you've ever done, everything you've ever said, every thought you've ever had. God knows all those things. Now, the great thing is, because most most of us, if somebody knew every thought we ever had, every deed we ever did, every word we ever said, we'd probably find that we didn't have that many people in our corner anymore. Because most mm-hmm. people, not even their husband or wife, knows every thought they've ever had. The beautiful thing is that God can know every thought we have. He can know every deed we've done. He can know every word we've said and still extend grace to us. He doesn't turn his back on us like people would. Right. Most people, <laughs> if they knew everything you ever did, would probably turn their back on you. God doesn't turn his back on us. And here's the deal. The scripture says, as he is, so are we in this on this earth we're his ambassadors we're god's representatives so we're supposed to have the mind of christ so if god sees a person like that that they're they can be restored we ought to see him like that and and back to that scripture we were talking about jesus is called the word of god so in hebrews we're going to give you some word here in hebrews four twelve it says for the word of god god and his word are one for the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the divisions of the soul and the spirit and of joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. See, we got to give an account to God. You know, we want to try to, the world tell you, you got to give account to one another. No, we have to give account to him. He knows who we really are and we're open and naked to him. So that's why the guys didn't stone the lady that was caught in the midst of adultery because the word of God, Jesus exposed themselves. They was naked in front of Jesus. He revealed to them all of their shortcomings. He's like, okay, you, yeah. Who, whoever without sin here, y'all go ahead and throw the first stone. No, everybody put down their stones because right, they realized what they were. And that's what we're supposed to do today. The Bible is for our spiritual enrichment and edification. That's what we're supposed to be doing. When someone's falls, we don't get on the bandwagon or pile on top. Unless we're piling on top with prayer. Yeah, that, that's, the, that's the revelation. Let's pile on top with some intercession. Father, reveal yourself to him. Uh, whatever that lie that's been told from him from birth, uprooted out of him in the name of Jesus. See, and and that's exactly what Christians should be doing. But most Christians are, man, yeah, they got to hang him, hang no, him high. No, hang him. no, we don't do that. And we got to get that understanding. Because, yeah, remember, the Father's will is his kingdom will come. His will will be done. On earth 
as it is in heaven. In heaven, nobody's piling on people's shortcomings. <laughs> they're piling on it with prayer, but they ain't jumping nobody. That, well, when you get to heaven, Richard, when you get there, they're going to be waiting on you to tell you all your faults, Richard. Right. Hey, hey, here comes Richard. We couldn't wait till he get here. <laughs> Richard, remember, no, they ain't nothing that's going to happen. Well, see, I think that there's going to be open arms like the prodigal son. But I think there are people that even see God in that way. Yeah. Christians. As if God's like he's mean or something, and he's just waiting for you to do something so he can pile on, so he can get you. <laughs> God wants to extend be grace the chief power. to people. No, yeah, he wants to extend love. And it's all throughout the scriptures. God had mercy for whole nations, cities, regions. He told Jonah, go preach to Nineveh, a whole city. God said, because I, I want to spare him. I don't want the See, wrath to come out on him. Here's the thing about that is that, that Jonah hated him. Right. He, he hated him with a passion. All right. He did not want to go there. And, you know, he takes off and he ends up in the three days in the belly of the fish. And then he ends up in Nineveh preaching. And then when God saves him, this is how you know how he felt about him. Because when they get saved, he's mad. And he says to God, I just knew you would do this. I knew you were the kind of God who would forgive. And you see in his heart, he didn't want them forgiven. He did not want you know the what? people of Nineveh, Nineveh to be forgiven. So he's mad when God... And here's imagine the that scripture. I just knew you would do something well, like that. Same thing today with Christians. We don't want God to forgive other people well, their transgressions. Right. We don't want right. to, but we want them to forgive ours. Well, of course, because yeah. they weren't that bad. <laughs> right. But remember he says, and when you pray, remember to forgive others that your Father in heaven may also forgive you. He says that numerous places in the New Testament. It's about forgiving and extending forgiveness to others because you're always coming for that same grace and mercy. Remember the guy Jesus talked about? Uh, he got forgiven for a whole bunch of debt. He pleaded with the judge, oh, forgive me, forgive me, Master. Master, okay, I'm going to forgive you. As soon as he walked out the door, he saw somebody that owed him <laughs> and beat him down about a couple of dollars. And somebody spotted him, and they was just in court with him. They went back and your honor. Didn't you just forgive old brother Richard over there? Well, I saw somebody out there and he only beat him down. And we know the rest of the story. You know, the father wasn't happy with that person that just got mercy and grace extended to them, but didn't for pay it forward. That's what we're supposed to be doing, paying it forward. So we're going to continue. To, I'm going to pray for Mr. Sterling because that's what we're supposed to do. Pray that no God will reveal himself to him and whatever bad seed that's been sown in his heart that the truth of God's word will, will uproot it, cut it out, because it said it's like a two-edged sword, it'll cut out anything. Scripture says, receive with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save your soul. His soul needs to be saved. His mind, because he's got some stinking right. thinking. It needs to be renewed. You know, yeah, it needs to be renewed. Obviously, if he well. thinks like that about a people, you yeah, know, you're parading yourself around. Yeah. yeah, if you think about that with any people, and that's Christians, wake up. That's for us. We're but, supposed to have, See people as God sees people, all people. And even beyond that, though, and, and not just in his case, but everybody needs everybody. to have their mind renewed. Everybody needs Ooh, to be forgiven do. for their sin, needs to be, you know, you talk about uprooting that sin. Everybody needs to have that sin uprooted in their life. It, and once again, it's so easy to look at his as a special case. But the, the it's reality not a special is, case. it happens every day. He's just like everybody, though. Right. right. Somebody else's sin might be something other than racism, but the, the sin is just as real, and it needs to be uprooted from them. People, even good Christian people, when they see somebody and a heinous crime, whatever it is, 
most Christians' first thought is not, I need to pray for this person that they would see God's light. The first thought is, we need to do something about them, as in, like, kill them. We need whatever. to condemn this person. We need to put them on death row right now. And there, there's no hope for them, and we mm -hmm. got to get rid of them as quickly as we possibly can. Once again, I'm not saying there shouldn't be consequences of people's sin, but what is a Christian should be our first thought. Seeking should, first the kingdom, what, what would Jesus do? Is pray for them or condemn them. Mm -hmm. Pray for them. You know, and it is so easy, though, for us, even as Christian people, our first thought is condemnation. Our first thought is to pile on. Our first thought is to, man, we got to get after them as quick as we possibly can. I've, I've met Christians. I've heard people say, you know, um, somebody's been on the run, and they finally catch them, and there's a shootout, and the person gets killed or whatever. And I've heard Christians people, will say good for them. Yeah, I'm glad they got killed. I mean, I've heard people say, man, that'll save us the taxpayers a lot of money in a court. I, and the, I don't see that as the way a Christian ought to be thinking. I don't see that as, are, should there be consequences to sin? Yes. Should, are there people in prison that probably should be in prison? Yes. Uh, but what should the Christian's response be? Is the Christian's response to pray for that person's soul or the Christian's response to condemn that person and hope they go to hell as quick as possible? Well, again, I'll keep coming back to the woman that was caught in the midst of adultery. The law said she's to be stoned to death for her actions. The law of love said, let's forgive her. And while we at it, I'm going to forgive you, you guys as well. That's what the law of love says. We're under the law See, of love. a lot of people don't realize that. Jesus not only forgave her, he forgave them. Yeah, he forgave them too. Because he, he knew their sin. Right, right. And, and he pointed it out to them, but, but, obviously. But, but remember, when we're looking at somebody else's sin, we, it takes us off our sin. When we're everybody's pointing at Richard's sin, hey, I look good compared to cousin Pookie's sin. Yes, but we have to remember that. And I'm reminded of the scripture in Colossians 3, verse 1. It says, he's talking about us, the church. If then you were raised with Christ. Yeah, we was raised with Christ because we're born again. Look, seek those things which are above. I mean, have the mind of Christ. Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind. Uh-oh, set your mind. Ever set a clock to a certain time? Yeah, so he said, set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So he says, you know, basically have the mind of Christ. Do What would Jesus do in a situation like that? And I say as Christians, again, once you meditate on that, what would Jesus do? Or set your mind on things above or have the mind of Christ? You'll start, it'll come to your remembrance. Okay, what would Jesus do in this situation? Especially if you're studying the scriptures, you're going to remember what Jesus did. And that's what we got to do concerning right. this NBA I, situation. I need to do what Jesus would do, not what I think's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, this is going to conclude uh, this segment of Faith on Fire. And again, we're going to pray for uh, our nation and everybody in it. And we just want to remind you as you go through this week, just keep walking by faith. This broadcast has been a blessing to you. We ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.